Hello spacers, Ray here with my Robo Rat Calcifer. We just got back from our most recent kill. Anyways, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening to Starlight. This podcast is a labor of love and we're excited to be sharing it with you. We hope you laugh and cry along with us in these fun adventures. If you like what we have to offer, or even if you think it's just tolerable, can you pretend to like it with at least a five-star review and subscribe? And if you really like us, or you think we're a little more than tolerable, please check out our Patreon. We put a lot of effort to make it a place you might have a little fun. Thank you for listening to this adventure. We're excited to share the journey with you. See you later, spacers. You ever get tired of drawing maps and having your players ruin your hard work by teleporting away? Or using Charm Creature to avoid that glorious boss battle set in that laboriously crayon-drawn map? Yeah, <laughs> me too. Well, that's my problem no more. Starlight Maps and Battle Mats are now sponsored by the beautiful artwork of Loki Battle Mats. From lavish palaces to cold alien caverns, they have a solution for everything. The maps come in big books that are easily transported, can be drawn on with erase markers, and immerse the players with a stunning reality. They'll forget they aren't actually standing by that pool of lava. And battle mats are only the beginning of what Loki has to offer. Want to know more? Go check them out. Or stop by our YouTube to see what they have to offer. Now, let's roll. Here we go. Roll for initiative. Hey guys, welcome to Starlight. We are glad to have you back and here for further misadventures of Clive. This episode is brought to you by The Heroes Journal. So if you're a fan of the show, which I assume you are for being here, if you're a fan of Star Wars or, hey, Wizards of the Coast is coming out with a new space setting, the Spelljammer setting, and bringing that back. If you're a fan of all of those things, this journal is going to have little elements of all of those things that kind of have that nostalgic feel all while helping you in your daily life go check them out they'll be in the links below as usual i am isaac yorks your gm and also your host and with me we have sam williams and i play clive jensen and sam for Anyone who's just decided to randomly start here or that needs a bit of a reminder, can you brush us up on your character's class, level, and current HP? Uh, I'm playing Clive Jensen. I'm a level 6 ranger with 42 HP. Nice. Okay. But uh, with that, why don't we go ahead and jump into this episode? Neuralink, recall latest memories. Accessing 
Having been caught drifting out in space, Clive and Horace are taken aboard the animal by the dread Captain Timble. Striking an agreement with the goblinoid captain, Clive jumps into the mind of bookkeeper Thama on a mission to pull him out of his coma to ascertain the location of Captain Timble's enemy. Upon doing so, Captain Timble has promised Clive food, repairs, and to be sent along his way. Now, Clive tumbles through layer after layer of bookkeeper Thama's mind and finds himself in territory unknown. Memories retrieved. Watches these rows of teeth outwardly and inwardly on the outside and the inside of the fountain jut out with a <laughs> You look around, you see that outside of the fountain, about a 40 foot radius from the fountain, you watch as these jagged rocks that you originally thought were like small, like staglitites, they start to tremor and you realize that they are teeth themselves and the ground starts to snap, almost as if the fountain was like, like the light on an angular fish. You leap out just between the teeth as they start to close. It tears at the side of your body. 16 points of piercing damage. And we'll go into initiative. How close am I to the entrance to that room? 20 feet from the from the entrance to the cavern. First up is the cave mimic. As it snaps up, you see it begins to drag its body like a great slug towards you. It moves 10 feet towards you. The mouth rears up and you watch as like this gurgling of acid begins to build in the back of the throat. These eyes form on the top of the mouth as it angles itself towards you, almost like there's like six different eyes like that of a spider, and it just shoots this pod of roxious oil at you, which is what... 21 to hit. 14 oh points God. of acid. <laughs> and then it lets out just like this like roar. And all at once, all of the birds, all of the animals start to come to life. And not only that, you hear a roar from the same creature you heard out in the sea. It's your turn. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't usually do this, but I think I'm going to book it and run. Turn around and take take the dash action and run as far out of the room as possible. You run back into the tunnels. The tunnels are too small for the mimic to fit in. You hear it trying to slough its way. And when it gets to the entrance, you look back just in time to see a single just yellow orb of an eye peering in at you. And then it recedes, and you watch as it makes its way back to the center and opens up. That pink wind runs by your ear again, and it says, Leave before it's too late. Stand back at the nexus of the corridors. I'm going to take a minute and catch my breath. And I'm going to cast a cure wounds on myself. Eight points and a heal. Where you're standing at right now, 
you are kind of at this like Y or T type of junction. Now looking down the stem of the Y or the T is the way you came in from outside. And you can see past that initial cavern and you can see way out into like the blue sky. And it is from there that you can just see the body of the great creature, the great guardian of this, of Mount Celestia walking your way, lumbering. And you watch to your horror as the head and the body start to roll away into dust. Just... And then you realize that the dust is almost like... starts to circle. Like a wave of crows flying as a flock until the body completely erodes and you can see those those birds or those dark blots making their way to the entrance of the cave. What do you want to do? I want to go down the other corridor, the right one. As you start making your way down the other corridor, hurrying now a little bit, you come to a room that is less cavern and more mason carved out area. The initial parts of the cavern gives way to a completely different formation of rock, yellow limestone that almost looks like melted wax attached to the ceiling and the grounds, wet water, spiders running off and away, some of them the size of like dinner plates crossing your feet as they leave. And at the center of this room on a pedestal, and on that pedestal is you see a box. And on the box, you see a keyhole. In fact, you take a moment to kind of like walk around the box real quick, and you see that there are four keyholes on each of the faces of the box. This box is made of iron. On the four faces, there's an image of a wolf, a pig, a sheep, and an ostrich. And below those images that have been etched into the metal, you see a keyhole. You take another look at the room again, and you see masoned into directly behind this room, there is a small door that you could crawl through. But the door, however, is missing a doorknob. And it is completely locked. So there's like a doorknob, like a little hole there? Yeah, there's like a hole for a doorknob. I try to kick the door open. Yeah. Go ahead and make an athletics check. 13. No. Can I try shooting the door? From the mind of the dream, you will your weapon into existence. (sighs) Go ahead and make an attack roll. Natural 26. 11 points of damage. The shot leaves massive damage across the door. As you see cracks build, you see char marks from the from the singular blast, and you watch as like even one side starts to crumple in. You gain hope that perhaps you might be able to shoot your way through. At this point, you can hear the sounds of bees gnashing in the background. You know without looking that those black specks of whatever that creature are are in the cavern and are now heading towards you. Um, yeah, I'm gonna shoot it again. Unnatural twenty damage. They're 11. So the shot, the shot rings in. The first one, you follow it up with a second, a double tap, and it starts to disintegrate in the middle, and then it begins to crumble inwards. You do even better by kicking your foot through, 
just as the black cloud of the creatures are starting to make their way into the room, uh, I need you to go ahead and roll an athletics check versus this amalgamation of whatever the hell that creature was to see which one gets first. Athletics, not like acrobatics or something. You could, yeah, you could do acrobatics. You can make an acrobatics check. Yeah, I like the way you think. Thirteen plus three for sixteen. I got a sixteen as well. With that, ties go in the in the favor of the players, and so, what do you want to do? You're you get to act first. Crawl through the hole, I guess, as quickly as I can. You start crawling. You feel these things. This creature starting to tatter at the back of your boots. There is a faint feeling of pain as these things start to bite into you. I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Oh! A six plus one. So you take one point of piercing damage and to your horror, just before you were about to throw yourself into the complete darkness of this tunnel that goes, what you see to be like these beetles with the big open jaws in the front. A couple of them have these little beaks that come out that remind you of the tusks and the horns on the creature that they came off of and they start to drill into your foot and they start to climb in under the skin you watch as the lumps crawl up part of your foot where they bore in through the through the boots and and then they go completely still and disappear into your skin as you throw yourself into the darkness And then you are falling, 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 falling. It is as if the ground completely fell out from beneath you. And as you are falling, go ahead and roll a die eight for me. What? None of this is real. Seven. <laughs> and suddenly you land onto a soft surface. So you raise your head up. You find yourself on the searing, scalding, hot expanse of sand dunes that stretch infinitely in all directions. The sky is the color of burnt orange. There's two suns in the sky, and there's the heat lines as they wave across the sky itself. And now, you see that there is, before you, a series of tents, that would look like they belong to nomads of old, beautiful colors, people can be heard yammering, and beyond that, there is what it looks like to be a pyramid. In front of the pyramid, there appears to be a gigantic carving of some sort of statue, half man, half lion. You can see people in a distance, you know, in, and they're dressed in robes of white and black their heads covered from they're covered from head to toe to keep the scalding heat of the sun away and is the pyramid in between me and them or is the pyramid behind them the pyramid is behind them further distance oh 
I guess I making my way towards the tents. As you get to the tents, you are almost overwhelmed like with some sense of happiness at being able to hear something. The silence of Mount Celestia was too much. And that's when it hits you. The elemental plane of fire. That is where you are now in this creature's mind. There's the voices of of like people talking you can hear children playing and as you come closer and closer someone finally notices you and they make their way over to you saying something and uh it's in a language you do understand it's it's in it's not a language you would be able to speak but somehow through like dreams itself you're able to understand them their face is completely obscured and they say well hail friend what brings you here? Odd garments to uh, be walking across the endless swaths with. Um, yeah, honest, honestly, I don't really know how I got here. I'm kind of explain to them a little bit about the cave I was just in and how I, what I ended up doing to get here. The figure you can tell, like, is amusing it over, and you can almost hear the frown in their voice and say, Well, come have tea with us. It is about time, and the supper is being prepared, baked below the sand. You can be our guest. Although I pity you, you are the fourth to make it here. Make it where? And then he ushers the fourth. There were three others before you. Only one of them made it into that pyramid there. The rest were completely destroyed on sight by the Sphinx. Wait, but where where am I? Who are you guys? I thought I was inside some dude's mind. Are you guys just bits and pieces of consciousness? Or this is all very strange. The figure puts a friendly hand on you and you almost feel like you recognize that hand although it's a bit weathered and older oh friend you should know we are the meeting of your mind and bookkeeper Thoma's mind you could almost think of us like white blood cells if that makes it easier for you and he leads you into the tent as he's telling you that and once you're in the shade of the tent you see that there are children in there. You see that there are, there are like a group of women. There are a few other men. Tea is being spread out. It smells of rich cardamom and honey. And the figure lowers his hood. And you see that his face is just an older version of yours. You look at the children and the women, and they all carry your face. And they say, Welcome, Welcome Clive. We are here to help you. We are projections from your mind, and we are not going to so easily let ourselves be snuffed out. And then one of them offers tea. What? These Bedouin tribe members all look at you. Woman, child, man. This one who brought you in, and they all bear your face. So, if you guys are part of consciousness or whatever it is freaky places 
What were those creature things that were attacking me before? Do you have any idea? The one that was talking to you, the older version of you, kind of shrugs and says, To some extent, we are you, and so your guess is as good as ours, but it's likely exactly as we are. The defense mechanisms of your, of your consciousness. In a way, you can think of us as your allies while you are in this place. We are that which keeps you from being charmed by other influences. But now you, you meet us. Although, even though we have no actual personality, in order to understand and wrap your mind around the defenses that your body puts up, you infer these things upon us, these characteristics. Bookkeeper Thama, that's probably his as well. So, if you're... If you know as I know, because you're my consciousness, how do you know that two other people, three other people, try to come through here if I only just got here? The same way that you knew, we knew we were in Mount Celestia, and now that we are here in a version of the fire plane. Inferences, sticky, icky memories almost left by Thama's own imprints upon this world. In a weird way, we are connected minds now, where his ends, ours begins, and vice versa. And so there is some overspill. Well, that does not make us all knowing. But I can tell you that when we did not open that box, we missed something important. Something important that would help us open up the byways to Thama's mind. Well, I didn't have any way to open. And he kind of shrugs. I am just the unconscious part of you. Well, I didn't have any way to open the box, and I didn't really have much time to mess around. So, you said that these other people, they disappeared because of some sphinx? What? What's what sphinx? What is that about? I know very little. And then that's what, in your mind, you kind of start to get that, like, again, that that gray zone of like Thama's knowledge, your knowledge and understanding of what's happened before you kind of get this understanding that the Sphinx would ask questions of those who came in order to permit entrance into the into the pyramid and those that could not answer it well, they did not survive do you know what kind of questions were being asked? you can go ahead and make enter facing check to see if you can like wheedle into Thomas' mind a little bit more. 11? You're not sure what the kinds of questions were. Well, is there any other information or anything that you can help me with? One of the kids run up to you and they say, yeah, we're here for you. And they hand you a cup of tea. The elderly version of you smiles, pats little you on the head. This is all very weird. Oh, yeah. And he goes, we are here to protect you to the best that we can. Our ability to show up is hampered by the fact that 
us coming to your aid will also bring Thama's own defenses upon you. So in a way, we can cause a collision. But here, in this oasis, rest, drink, heal. And that's when you take a sip of the tea and you realize it has the same effects of a greater healing potion. Nice. Uh, is there any way to get back to the box? His face goes grim. His lips become thin. And he's, no. Not that I know of. It seems that once you have moved from plane to plane, you are now in that place. I do not know how many planes that there are, but they all lead to the inner sanctum of Thama's mind. Each one building upon the last. And he takes a sip of the tea... I can make sure that you are equipped with two of these. Again, another child comes up and hands you a small, like, wineskin of them. So you gain two greater healing potions in the dream world. And he says, Use us sparingly, but you can call upon us in need. All you need is think of us, and we will come to your aid in any way that we can. But please keep in mind... Shortly after our appearance, Thama will send his defenses unconsciously. So, used in a in the wrong way, it could provoke a cataclysmic event. When you say defenses, what are we talking about? His version of you guys, basically? Yes, you understand now. And the only way forward from here is through the Sphinx, I'm assuming. Deeper and deeper. Yes. Well, selves, I mean, is there anything else about the Sphinx that you can tell me? You said you don't know what kind of questions they were asking, but maybe you have any idea what the Sphinx was doing to destroy these people that failed to answer the questions? Or We can probe into Thama's mind for them. Is that what you wish us to do? And you kind of get that feeling of he's not threatening you, but he's letting you know that should they try and probe, that they will make themselves visible. Mm. No, no, I don't think it's, I don't think it's worth the risk at the moment. I don't want to lose the fight before everything gets started. Mm. All right, well. Places a hand on your shoulder. He says, you are more than equipped for this challenge. I know it, for I am you. All right, well, I guess I will uh, rest up and start making my way to the Sphinx. As you come to the Sphinx, you first 
trudge your way through white hot sands in the early morning and slowly the sands give away to a strip of ancient ruinic walkways at one point it used to be a pavilion that had a cover over the top but now it's just pillars that have crashed to the ground and there's very little left it's everything is the color of sand most of the carvings have eroded away but what carvings you can see all seem to look exactly like various depictions of bookkeeper thama the pyramid rises higher and higher and is in pristine condition and at the front you see a sphinx the sphinx has the head of a man and the body of a lion the teeth are set in a bored looking pout as you come closer you see the only thing that stands out from everything else for the sphinx is also the color of sand is that it has a headdress and the very top there seems to be an empty chalice it's slowly the eyes start to burn a little bit brighter like magma and slowly it comes to life the stone moving and grating against itself as it looks down on you and it says who are you to want to pass into the pyramid um i am clark jensen and i'm just here looking for some information information is freely had of one who belongs here but i sense that you are just an intruder what makes you think you are worthy of any not so much as an intruder as a, i would say possibly a friend trying to help a uh, bookkeeper out of this predicament that he's in go ahead and make a deception roll. <laughs> 11 Hold on, I'm going to make a insight roll. Uh, that's a pretty big no. one. As his eyes kind of gaze over you, you almost feel as, as if your answers have been completely, like your soul has been bared before him. Lies are not to be permitted here. Let's try again. What makes you think you are worthy? What makes you think I'm not worthy? Yeah, go ahead and make a uh, straight charisma roll. 19. There we go. There's a sound like rocks crashing. And that's when you start to realize that this creature is indeed chuckling at the jest that you have made. Immediately, you watch as a blue light begins to form around both the Sphinx and you. And you suddenly as you are almost like about to ask exactly what he he did the sphinx says i have activated a zone of truth within here there will be no lies within here you will see if you are worthy three others have come before you and only a few have passed So I have questions for you, a test to see if you deserve to go forward. Yeah, sure, I'll take your test. Seated high, 
above this land, I have a face, and I have no hands. Night might wax and day may wane. Beneath me, no one walks unseen. Even at rest, but there is no rest for me. I determine your destiny. You know me not for all your lives. Now, know me not, and you shall die. It's a riddle that you're going to ask me questions. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get riddles. Um. His smile grates open, jagged teeth showing on this human face. If you can give me what I hunger for, then perhaps I can help you out. Every sphinx lives off of lightning. Place it at the top of my headdress, lightning that you capture, and we shall see what can be done. Otherwise, you will waste away out here. You will either answer my riddle and move forward, or you will die from the wrong answer. Wait, am I capturing lightning or am I answering the riddle? The choice is yours. But if you can capture lightning and feed it to me. And he bows his head where you can see that empty chalice on top of the headdress. Then an exception might be able to be made. You will have three tries before I eradicate you. Do I, do I see any lightning around where I'm at? I want you to go ahead and make a perception roll, I think. 17 plus 522 in the far distance you hear the sound of you try to gaze far off getting a better vantage point and you see as your stomach sinks again the familiar form of the giant beast that was at Mount Celestia this time, it is so far off in the distance, you can only just see its hazy outline in the distance. And it is, as it's walking, every time it takes a step, there is a strike of lightning that crashes down with its footfall. <laughs> then, as you look around for more lightning... As you look back at this sphinx who is looking you over and you look back in the distance to that creature, the guardian. And for that, I think that that's where we'll call this game and we can pick up next time and see what you come up with. Oh, alrighty. I think I'll be ready. It's a little nerve wracking though. I feel like I'm on the cups of either I'm either going to move forward or I'm going to die. Like I, I feel like I'm in a situation where there isn't any middle ground, and that kind of scares me. I mean, it's not like we end up in that spot very often, though. So. Well, no, but there's also a big chance I don't make it out of this. That's true, but it was for a good cause. You're getting your friend off drugs. But I didn't even do that yet. <laughs>
In fact, it's not even it's not even for that. It's just so that we don't get ransacked by this <laughs> goblin dude. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, thank you for joining us, spacers, and until next time. But, Bye, guys. Yeah, that I don't know. Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. If you enjoyed this, please like, share, subscribe. For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, spacers.